A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So, uh, Diona Perazzo is here. Diona Perazzo, 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 gotcha. It seems so Italian, right? But you are here now in AW, and it's amazing to have you. And um, because you have literally been everywhere in the business, yeah. I was, I was thinking it's only a matter of time before you would show up here. Uh, five years in, but but you are in, in AEW. Kind yeah. of, how did that all kind of occur? So I I knew my contract was coming up with Impact, and I just kind of felt like if if it was time to leave, it would be now. If it was time to kind of like if this was the territories, like now would be the mm. time you leave, right? And uh, Britt Baker actually connected me with Tony Khan, and we just got to talking. And um, I knew the first Dynamite of the new year was going to be in Jersey. That's where I'm from. So I was like, that would be a dream scenario, dream come true if we could do that. And it all worked out. So you mentioned that like the old territories, you would know when it's time to leave. Yeah. So what was kind of telling you that? Because I know exactly what you're saying, but people listening might not get what that means so i was the champion for a very long time in impact i got to work with all of the women that were in our locker room and it was just like what other stories are there to tell Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of put me over at that point i've beaten everybody they kind of figured maybe i was on my way out so i got to do the favors and put everyone else over on my way out and so it was just kind of like what what else is there to do there's Mm -hmm. no one new coming in that i could work with i don't know what else there's to tell here so when you started talking to Tony, like obviously were you keeping an eye on what was going on with AEW yeah, when you were absolutely. thinking about the movie? Yeah, I feel like my household is a wrestling household, so everything is on every day of the week. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because your husband is Steve Macklin. Yes. In Impact Now, right, yeah. as well? Yeah. So how was that for you to leave uh, working with your... Like, well, first, let me... This is a twofold question. A, how easy slash hard is it to work and live with your husband? <laughs> uh, answer that first. I feel like we are... Our biggest thing since we started dating was like communication. Like we can communicate very effectively with each other. So I feel like we know how to like critique each other, but not upset each other. And we also know when to turn it off and just be like, I've said my piece and you do you. Uh Um, So I feel like we're in a good space where um, we can, we can be honest, but also know when we're being too honest. Um, But then leaving him was kind of like, that's my person. Mm. And I feel like the older I've gotten, the more like, anxiety I have to like do things on my own and to be with him 
especially last year was really important to me and he was just kind of like my rock through things that I was going through personally so kind of now have to be like I'm traveling on my own I'm in hotels alone like what does that look like without him here because that was such a big right. part of me last year that I needed sure sure yeah. so I mean it's only been a short period of time but is it something that you just get used to I think so yeah. I think I'll get more used to it but last week he was there with me right. so that was easy um, and then this week we're in Jacksonville so it's a short drive from Orlando where I am so um, I get to go home tonight but I think I'll get used to it I mean I, I traveled the world for so long sure. I just need to like snap my brain back into it I think and, and what's that gonna look like schedule wise luckily impact is they don't tape like every single week so they'll do like okay one taping and they'll tape like three weeks of TV then they'll do another taping so um, I feel like it'll just be me kind of traveling every week and he could be we call him dog dad he's home with the dogs <laughs> um, and then we'll flip when he goes away I'll be home yeah. and I think it'll be okay it's not like it used to be where you're working 200 days a year 250 days a year whatever it was like back in the old days right yeah and I don't really do many indies anymore mm -hmm. so my weekends I mean unless I'm on collision or whatever it is traveling here with AEW I'll be home so talk about last week we were in Newark and yeah. you mentioned it was kind of a surprise debut but how was that for you? Like, did, did you used to go to shows in that arena? Was it around when you were a kid, the Prudential Center? Or? No, it wasn't. It's fairly new, right? Yeah. yeah um, but I, you know, back in the day had been an extra for WWE so many times um, at Prudential Center. So just to kind of like be there. And I said that to Tony when we talked, like, I've never wrestled there. I've never done anything there, but I've been there a million times. Um, so it'll just be cool to be on that flip side. Mm -hmm. So when you finally appear, kind of tell us about your day. Yeah, so I wasn't allowed to be at the building until like 4, 4.30. They put me in that wheelchair with the tarp over my <laughs> head and threw me in a room by myself. And um, it's funny because I felt like, I feel weird. Like, I'm being treated like a superstar and it's just me. <laughs> I don't feel like I deserve this kind of treatment. So that already was like, oh, this is cool because we're really trying to keep, keep it, it a surprise. secret. Yeah. yeah. I, I am very emotional. I cry for wrestling all the time. And I kind of tried to keep my cool all day. Like, just don't think about it. Don't think that this is a big deal. It's it's fine. You're fine. But then, like, right as I got up into Gorilla, the girls' segment went to the commercial break. And I just, like, broke down. Like, right up there. Like, holy shit, this is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's a secret. I've not <laughs> seen it anywhere on the internet. No one knows. My family's here. My dad... Um, my stepmom and my in-laws were in the front row at oh, hard cam, wow. which I didn't know until I got in the ring. And I'm like, there's my dad's big head. Like, oh. okay, don't cry in the <laughs> ring. <dude." laughs> it was very, very emotional. That's cool. And the crowd reacted accordingly because they knew you're from New Jersey. Yeah, um, that was awesome. Like, and they set it up perfectly with, with Tony Storm kind of shitting on Jersey and then Mariah yes. shitting. Like, it was like the perfect, I felt Someone like a superhero. Someone say something for Jersey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because um, last week, like, we were putting together the, the last few names on my cruise list mm -hmm. and we needed a few more women and we had a couple ideas and this didn't work out and I think like Rio gets seasick and I was like man and, and CD Christiana's like well do you own a here you want me to ask her I'm like oh, she is sure why not and I was like there's no way she's gonna say yes after like she's here the first day and he goes yeah she said yes like that like that I was like oh that's great so yeah just perfect timing for you to be there too in that respect yeah he came in and was like can you uh, like first of all I'm not in a position to say no to anything uh, but yeah. also years ago like I think it was the first cruise I was supposed to come on right. um, and I didn't get to do it so I feel like this year I'm writing all the all the things all I the didn't wrongs, get to do yeah, on redoing that's them. when we did it with Ring of Honor the first year. Yeah. 
Okay, so you were originally kind of on that. Yes, and then I went to NXT, so that ah, kind of took you out of contention. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's talk about kind of the, the the history of your career, and you know, kind of building up your name. And you mentioned that you've toured and traveled the world. So, like, were you a wrestling fan when you were a kid? Oh my god, yes. Okay. Yeah, um, huge wrestling fan, mm -hmm. and I have a twin brother. So, no way. yeah, I have and twins. <laughs> I have twins. <laughs> he. 100% brought me into wrestling and he had it on one night and um, gosh, I always say it was you, but I don't know if it was you who you hit someone over the head with the chair uh -huh. and that moment I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is this world? And I need to know everything about this. And my brother says I ruined wrestling for him because then I became obsessed uh, and then I saw the women do it and I was like, I, if I learned how to do that, I think that I could be good at that mm. one day. I mean, I just never grew out of that. And so then how did you like, did you have to find a school and kind of how did you get involved in the business? Yeah. So I spent like that was when I was nine. I spent the next nine years being like, where can I go to wrestling school? There was one like tw 20, 30 minutes from my house that took students at 16. And wow. I begged my parents like, I just need you to sign this form. I'll get a job. I'll get a car. <laughs> I can do it all. Um, and they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> no. But they did say when you're 18, if this is still what you want to do and you could figure out a way for you to do it, then by all means do that. Then. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I graduated high school. I actually was going to a community college in New Jersey and I just drove like the wrong way one day, a different way to school. And there was a VFW that said, um, you know, live pro wrestling the first Friday of every month. And I had been to like raw SmackDown sure. shows, but I had never been like, Oh, that's an independent show that I could go to. I didn't really know what that mm -hmm. was. Um, and I was At like, the VFW hall. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? There's wrestling there. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, I'll just go watch it as a fan. And then when I Googled it and there was a wrestling school and I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm going to wrestling school now. Who was the trainer? Um, Damien Adams. Okay. Jersey yeah. guy. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, you know, when I was starting, you had to be 18 to go by rule. Not yeah. by my parents. So I went to college, community college, for a couple of years to get my degree just to basically kill time to get in the business. But it was interesting because back then there was no Google to find a school. You, I, I saw the Hart Brothers on TV, wrote them a letter. Mm -hmm. But you could actually Google wrestling school yeah. with your area code <laughs> and find something near. That's, that kind of helps a lot. Yeah, it was. I say it was fate because I just went the wrong way right, one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was. there's plenty of schools in, in my area in Jersey. There's two or three of them. And uh, I mean, Damien was just like the perfect... Mm -hmm. I, I still go and train with him 11, almost 12 years later. All right. There are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, amigas. See, already learning. Haha. -ha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Who was your first match against? I had my first match against uh, a woman named Jana. And she was just kind of like a local girl that mm-hmm. did back in the day WSU and yeah. um, all the women shows. And uh, yeah, she, she kind of helped me put my first thing together. And then we wrestled a whole bunch after that. So what was it like, your first match? Were you nervous? I was terrified. <laughs> um, and luckily, you know, we got to like, we had met, we got to kind of practice a little bit because I was so scared and like, so brand new. It was 10 minutes from my house. All my friends were going to be there. And Damien was like, I want this to be good, like a good first experience. And uh, I would just, like I said, I was super emotional. So I like cried for three days beforehand. <laughs> like, I just felt like if this is what I've worked like pretty much my whole life for, this is what I've always said I was going to do. This is my defining moment. If I'm not good at it, then what did I work all this yeah, time yeah, for? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Did you feel that you had potential to be good at it? Because like, I know for my first match, obviously, it wasn't great, but the crowd was excited, and I was like, "I can, I can do this! Like this is, this was cool! Like there wasn't really any mistakes or anything like that." Yeah, um, I felt like I had a grasp at the wrestling. Like mm-hmm. I was a cheerleader, I ran track, I did gymnastics. Like I felt like the tools that I had beforehand really helped me within wrestling. Right. Um, but the public part of it, like. Still, I would say I'm not the greatest public speaker. Like that aspect of the the performing for people was kind of what I was most scared about. But yeah, you have to get over that fast because that's the biggest part of wrestling is is, is being in front of the crowds. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was what was most hard, I think. So just to kind of jump around a bit, you mentioned Ring of Honor and you spent a lot of time there because there was a lot of wrestling in, in the Northeast, like in this area, right? Mm-hmm. So was Ring of Honor pretty much based up around here? Yeah, for the most part, they did like Hammerstein Ballroom in New yeah, York City. Yeah. They did um, a couple venues in like Maryland and the Baltimore area. So I was able to um, just kind of like pop in and out. And they had the dojo um, at the time, like right outside Philadelphia. So before I did my first match there, I was able to go train with Mandy and Hunter and, and uh, a whole bunch of people just to kind of get people to know me and mm-hmm. trust that I could, you know, help start this women's division. Was that basically your first kind of big break was Ring of Honor? Yeah. So you said to start the women's division. Yeah. Interesting. So tell us about that because Ring of Honor obviously was based around, you know, they didn't have any girls at first for years. Yeah. So what kind of prompted that decision to change it and kind of how did you integrate those matches into the shows? Um, so I, it was Mandy Leon's like dream. Like I want to rebirth a women's division right. here. And we had met through doing extra work at WWE. We just had done a ton of indies together and become friends. And she was like, I really think if we can train and show Hunter Delirious that, you know, we could have good matches, maybe they'll give us like a dark match or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll give us a chance. And I was like, I'm totally down for that. Like I also was a WWE fan growing up. So only then was I like, oh, this is like viable to not just go to WWE. Mm. You could go to Impact or TNA. You could go to Ring of Honor. Like I still, that was 2015, but I still just like didn't have all the connections, you know, and know that I could do those things. Mm. The goal was to go to WWE. And so that kind of really changed my perspective of like, oh, I could like be a part of something brand new in a different company. That's cool. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of like followed her footsteps and went to train and got really close with her and Delirious. And um, it was, yeah, mid-July 2015. They finally were like, okay, that match was good enough. Let's put it. We were the dark match. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So you guys basically were the first 
ever women's match in Ring of Honor history? Not Ring of Honor history. Um, I guess they they had like back in the day uh, Daisy Hayes and Sarah Del Rey and all them, but kind of went away for like 10 or so years. So we called it like Women of Honor that mm-hmm. time around. And it was like the rebirth right. of, of women because, yeah, it had been such a large gap of time before we saw women again. So who else was in the division in those early days? So then it was me and Mandy. Taylor Hendricks also debuted that day too. She came out after our match. Kelly Klein was there. Karen Q. Jenny Rose. There was a few of us, yeah. Yeah, I remember Jenny Rose was on the first cruise. And Sumi Sakai was yep, there. Sumi yeah, Sumi was there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Tasha Steeles was in the mix a little bit. So did you feel a lot of pressure on those shows? Because Ring of Honor was known so much for its being a work rate promotion. Yeah, and they called it like the best wrestling on the planet right. at the time. And and I felt like women's wrestling was really growing. 2015, 16, like WWE had the, the women's evolution happening. And mm. it was like... Women's wrestling is really a part of having the best wrestling on the planet. So we really need to capitalize on this. And um, I fought so hard to make sure there was women's matches on every show, pre-show or not, like to just get like stories going and to, to have people believe in this. Right. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, because like if you started watching wrestling like in the 2000s, that was more of the diva era mm-hmm. where you still had some good wrestlers, but a lot of it was also, you know, the bikini matches and that sort of a thing. Who were your influences, I guess, or your favorites from the women's when you were watching? Yeah, Trish Stratus is yeah. the OG. She combined the two, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Her and Trish, Mickey, of course, Victoria, those were kind of the women that I was like, oh, you're like doing both. Like mm-hmm. you're really beautiful and sexy, but you're also like strong and, and wrestling. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I loved about it. Like the, the wrestling part of it. So when you're talking about the wrestling in Ring of Honor, how did the fans receive you at first? I mean, I think they got me right away because I would say the wrestling part is my strongest point. Yeah. Like I can wrestle and I know that. So they just gave me the platform to like go out there and wrestle. And uh, they understood who the virtuoso was without a pre-tape or a, a backstage vignette. Like they just got me right away. Mm-hmm. What is the virtuoso? Who is the virtuoso? The virtuosa is uh, the tech- best technical wrestler in the mm-hmm. world. Um, by definition, a virtuosa is someone who possesses, you know, outstanding technical ability. Of course, yeah. But, you know, you'd think of course, but there's a lot of people who don't know that. <laughs> and uh, so she just loves, like, she loves elegance. She loves class. She's cool, calm, collected, and she'll freaking break your arm. Yeah. I always <laughs> love the name uh, virtuosa because obviously being a musician, virtuosos are the, you know, like you said, the technical masters, you know, like yeah. Eddie Van Halen is a virtuoso. So I always thought oh, that's a pretty cool word because I didn't realize, I mean, obviously you can use it in anything, but to me it was such a musician word. And when you were using it, I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool, interesting oh, name. Oh, thank you. Yeah, cool. yeah, there's a lot of different, like, I've tried to tie it in. Um, I just got my uh, bachelor's degree in history. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, ties I try to do with, um, you know, like different time periods in the Elizabethan era and the Victorian era and the Renaissance in, like, the, my gear and that kind of presentation but then my entrance music has it's an orchestra it has a violin and it has a harp it has all these things so there's so many different ways i try to connect that with the actual definition you know who's living large at my house my three cats mr mittens indy and snickers and you know why because we switched them to pretty litter okay so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large thanks to pretty litter because pretty litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom 
Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I got to deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's talk about this for a bit. I've had a thousand guests and we've never talked to someone who has a bachelor's degree in history. (laughs) So why did you decide to do that? When I first went to college, I uh, tried to go for exercise science. I felt like I'm going to be a wrestler. That means I got to work out. I got to know how to like Mm. treat my body, but I'm just not good at math. I'm just not good at it. Join the club. No matter how hard I try. And, uh, I, I gave up school so I could wrestle and I could work full time to be mm-hmm. able to afford to wrestle. So when I was released from WWE in 2020, I said like, I don't know if I, I didn't know if wrestling was for me anymore. So I was like, I'm going to go back to school and get a degree in something and like maybe wrestling will work out. But if it, if it doesn't, I'm set to be a normal human again. Right. And I just thought like, I want to do what I'm good at and what interests me. History, I'm, I'm a huge history buff. Like, this is what I'm good at. I like to write papers. I like to read. I like to research. Um, so let me just go that route, and, and at least it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Did you have to write, like, a final paper or something? Yes. What was it on? <laughs> it was on um, nuclear rhetoric during the Cold War. Oh, my gosh. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. your favorite time period from, from history? Um, I am a huge JFK fan. Oh, wow. So kind of his presidency, like the end of World War II, his presidency, Cold War. It's kind of my favorite. Interesting. Well, let's discuss this. That's something you never thought you'd get into. What do you think happened with JFK and his assassination? Oh, the government killed him yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I agree with that, by the way. <laughs> Why do you feel that way? I have read extensively on this, and it just, I feel like him being elected had a lot to do with his family. And then when he won the presidency and then was kind of pushing back on a lot of like social causes and like businesses. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think it was the mob. The mob was mad. He was pushing back hmm. on them, and they did what they do. Yeah, I kind of always mob, or else you said somebody high up uh, in, in, in the military, because from what you could probably feel this, and he was fighting back against Vietnam, too, about the yeah. American involvement, which, of course, would have cost millions and millions of dollars, you know, it w- it would have cost people millions and millions of dollars if we did not go to war. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, and then... As soon as like LG, uh, LBJ took over, we were in Vietnam, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like, I don't know, I, I could go on about this forever. <laughs> it's interesting, though. It really is. It's like yeah. when we had a, a WrestleMania in Dallas, I made sure to go to, I've been a couple times, but to go to the, the grassy knoll area yeah. just to see it all. And, you know, it, it's, it's amazing, too, like not to get into, you know, too deep in this, but it's like what people will buy. It's like, this impossible. <laughs> what they say happened, happened. Yeah. And now, um, so the first time I went, I didn't go in the, de- the uh, depository. Right. But this, 
I guess was WrestleMania there two years ago, Dallas, whatever it I think was. So yeah. Um, my husband and I got to go in it this time, and you can look out the window exactly where they say he shot from and see the X. And like, my husband's ex-military, and he's like, "That's such a hard shot." <laughs> Especially with the shitty little gun that yeah, he had and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And and there's um so many different like conspiracies about how he was shot and how he fell and the reaction mm -hmm. he had. And yeah, it just nothing adds up and yeah. I, I'd love to read about it. <laughs> Last thing about it. Have you ever heard of the, the book or the, or the miniseries six twenty two sixty three? No, it's a Stephen King story okay. where this guy goes back in time and is trying to stop the JFK assassination. Oh, wow. It's really, really good. Okay. You should watch it with your husband. Yeah. Except, that's interesting. They, you know, eight episodes or whatever it is. It's really good. And okay. it kind of explains a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So that's something we never <laughs> thought we'd be discussing today. But um, so let's talk a bit more about Ring of Honor. So when you're there and now the, it's becoming the Women of Honor and it's mm -hmm. becoming a thing. And Mandy was a great wrestler, too, and yourself and, and all the other names that you mentioned. So did you feel that the, at the peak of the company that the women helped with that? Because you're talking about Hammerstein Ballroom yeah. and all these places that Ring of Honor are working. And there's 2000 people there. No. <laughs> no, gotcha. I think for many different reasons, we were very held back. And I think that um, there was just people in higher positions that didn't believe in women's wrestling. Right. And uh, I couldn't tell you the emails that I sent to Joe Koff. And I would get the statistics from like the YouTube pages and the, the Instagram numbers and be like, look at the interaction we're getting. Look at the numbers we're bringing to the company. We deserve better. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that never happened. Yeah, right? I, I I don't feel it ever happened. So once again, was this kind of one of the reasons where you felt like it might be time to leave the territory? Yeah, and uh, at the same time, like mid two thousand eighteen, WWE had approached me about um, the Mae Young Classic and possibly you know them signing me, and I was like, oh, I am like in the middle of my Ring of Honor contract, and uh, but I did have an opt out clause, so six months in, I could say, this isn't for me, I I want to leave, and that's exactly what I did because I felt like. My hands are tied. Like, not, I'm trying so hard. I'm fighting for women to get this opportunity, and it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what else I could do personally and professionally and more I could give of myself to make this happen. So maybe it's time to you move know, on. That's a, it's a smart and a very brave move to do that. Like, I've been pretty good with my career of knowing when it's time to leave, but sometimes you're a little bit nervous. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? Like, is this going to work? And this is, I'm, you know, I never lived this way, but there's a paycheck here and all that stuff. But to be able to take that chance, that, that takes a lot of guts. Yeah, I think, I think knowing that, okay, I can go to NXT, like, mm. that's a possibility, was, it made it an easier jump. Like, July 1st, that part of my contract was up. I was done with Ring of Honor. July 18th, I was in NXT. So I feel like I've just kind of always been like able to map out like once this move is done, mm. I can hop to the next, which has been really great. And I'm fortunate for that because that's not always the case for everybody. But that kind of made that jump a little bit smoother of a transition, you know. So talk about the May Young Classic. And that was your first uh, appearance in, in WWE and those with NXT. Who did you wrestle and, and, and who was kind of... Who's your, I guess obviously Triple H is the boss, but who was helping you along and that sort of thing? Gosh, William Regal was a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Sarah Del Rey was a big part of it. Sarah Stock, I think, produced one of my matches. Um, and uh, it was exciting because I had appeared actually on NXT and in WWE a whole bunch as just like local talent or an extra. I was La Luchadora before Mickey came back. So oh. I felt like I have a good grasp on like what I'm doing here. I, I've established myself like I have a good reputation. Um, and I had never won a match before. I was always the extra getting beat up in two minutes. So I felt like the Mae Young Classic was like, oh, this is my moment to show them what I'm all about. We get right. to present the virtuosa Deanna Perrazzo for the very first time. 
And that was really exciting. Who did you work with? Um, in the first round, I worked with Priscilla Kelly, um, Gigi Dolan now. Yeah. And uh, in the second round, I wrestled um, Zia Lee. And then in the third round, I wrestled EO Sky. Well, so you got two wins. Yeah. That was exciting. <laughs> My only two wins. <laughs> so how was that for you? Um, well, first of all, there's another question. So tell us what it's like to be an extra yeah. in, in WWE. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, tell, uh, talk about that. I, uh, I remember the very first time I went, and um, I was like a rosebud for Adam Rose. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember like being like, I don't even know. Like, this is what I wanted for so long, but I think as fans who want to be wrestlers you don't necessarily realize like all of the backstage stuff you have to deal with right like, you just see a ring and you know x amount of people watching and the lights and the outfits and you're like that's amazing and then you go backstage and especially as an extra you're not hired nine times out of ten your locker room is like a bathroom or a makeshift thing with curtains um, and this is with, like five six eight other people whatever yeah. maybe yeah and like you don't really have anywhere to be, so, but you're not trying to be in the way. And you know you're told like don't say hi to Vince, don't say hi to Triple H, don't say hi to Stephanie. So you're just kind of like sitting on the wall, like twiddling your thumbs all yeah. day. Like I could be in catering, but I don't want to like be eating before John Cena's eating. It's very <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable. Right. Like what are the what rules? Is, yes, and no one's gonna tell you the rules. So yeah. You just kind of have to like figure it out and, and luckily i had done it so much that by the end when i finally got signed i was like i got this <laughs> wrestling has such a weird set of, of internal rules anyways yeah. like you said like you know do i shake everybody's hand do i not shake everybody's hand do i say hi do i not say hi and i think like i always try and say hi to the extras because I, I, I thankfully was never was one um but i can just imagine like you're just trying to it's like being backstage at a rock and roll concert and you don't really know the band, but you're kind of your past. Like, where do I go and what do I do? And yeah. I mean, I feel like you're just like the new kid and everyone's kind right. of like, I kind of felt like that today. So like, I was going to say I'm that. I'm the new yeah. kid and I kind of don't know where to be and I got lost trying to find yeah, you. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, let me just ask this person. Like, <laughs> wh where do I go? That's exactly what it feels like. Like, you're the new kid in school. Is it hard coming into a new company? Like you said, you, you know a few people, but I'm sure it was probably 90% of the people that you don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was hard. Uh, last week was a little different just because I was a surprise and I didn't really see anybody. Mm. But yeah, this week I'm kind of like, everyone has their people and they're you know their go-to person their best friend and like i don't have that yeah um so i'm just yeah it's scary and it's kind of like uncomfortable but i feel like here specifically like i do have friends and i know who i can go to and ask questions and like okay what's the process here and who, yeah who can i talk to and who's this you know can do this for me or that for me and so it's a little bit easier but mm. yeah i just feel like the new kid <laughs> my first day of wcw i walked into the uh the tv taping saturday so saturday saturday whatever it was called Saturday, whatever the show was. And, um, I got there early cause you won't want to be late your first day. Yeah. And I walked in and it was to a dressing room. And it was just me, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Cause it was their first day of tapings too. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, Hey guys. And we're just sitting like losers. Like these are two of the biggest stars in the company yeah. and they didn't even know what to do. Like they're like, we wanted to get here early. We didn't know that nobody would be here. I'm like, I didn't know either. Like I could have showed up an hour from now, but like, you just think like, where do I go and where do I stand? Type yeah. Thing. And there's always someone watching to see like, Ooh, did he get here early? Oh, did she yes. get here late? And I like, I mean, that was instilled in me from like day one, but I know that I watch for those things now. Mm -hmm. So even today I'm like, okay, let me get there 30 minutes early. So no one could see that I'm yeah, late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause every company has this different vibe to it as well yeah you know yeah and at ring uh like well we're talking about ring of honor like it's it was so relaxed impact that i just came from is kind of relaxed so like i was like i feel like here might be relaxed but like i don't want to start off on a bad note mm. i want to 
I want everyone to get to know me for me and not for like a silly mistake that sure. I didn't know was a mistake. Right, so. and then you mentioned that with, with, um, I never worked at NXT, but WWE is very not relaxed. Yes. And I'm sure yeah. it has the same vibe. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So talk about more like your NXT time. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about it endlessly, but it, it was bad. <laughs> it, it's it, feels it bad. was bad. It was bad. Um, what was bad about it? You know, I felt like because I had so much experience working with WWE in an extra role, but then I was traveling for weeks as La Luchadora. I had been on Raw and SmackDown actually wrestling. Like I had then been on NXT TV a ton. I just felt like not that I earned more when I got there than I was given, but like there was a respect level that I thought like would carry over into gotcha. now that I got the job, I think. Yeah. And um, I found out real quick that it didn't matter that I had done all of those things. And it was like s silly things like, you know, obviously the crowd then knew who I was. So live events, like, you know, you're expected to like wand people at the door. And I'm like, but these people know who I am. Or like be the um, person that takes jackets from the ringside and bring them to the back. Like, I'm totally fine to do that, but I'm sitting here and distracting because the people want to talk. They know you, right. Yes, and I just was like, hey, I just don't know if that's the job for me. Is there a different job I could do? And it just rubbed people the wrong way. And it wasn't that I didn't want to do those jobs. So I was like- I get it. You know what I mean? Like, you, really, you had to wand, like the wrestlers yeah. wand the people coming in the door? Yes, like brand new wrestlers are security. At, oh my gosh. Well, they, I don't know if they still are, but they used at to the be. At the time, yeah. Yeah, so like here, Chelsea Green and I are wanding people. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and we're like, hey guys. <laughs> I just saw you in Hammerstein Ballroom yes. a year ago. Yeah, and so I think I was a little bit too vocal about the things that I thought Mm. weren't right or should be changed and then when it came to like me being tv ready or whatever i was very vocal about like just tell me what you don't like and what you do like right and i'll do the things you do like and i'll work on the things you don't like just be straight up i'm a 100 percent honest person just be honest with me mm. and no one could tell me we don't like this we do and finally i just like had a breaking point of like this isn't working for anybody it's sure as hell not working for me so either you're going to tell me what i'm doing wrong and i could fix it so i could be on tv because i came here to be a tv star or i'm not going to be a tv star and you should just let me go mm -hmm. and uh yeah i was let go a couple weeks later <laughs> wow that's amazing like when it's it's, it's still it's so baffling because it's never changed it's been the way since the day i walked in the business 33 years ago they'll never tell you what you're doing wrong and i was like in any other sport if i'm on a hockey team and my slap shot sucks the coach will go you need to work on your slap shot. Mm -hmm. If you don't do a better slap shot, I can't put you on the first line. I'll be, I'll be shooting pucks, you know, 100 pucks a day or whatever. Yeah. Everybody knows what you're doing wrong except for you. That's kind of the mentality, especially in WWE, and I never understood that. Yeah, and, and like I said, I'm just like, I'll always be just straight up. This is what my problem is. Yeah. This is what, what I need clarity on, and I need that back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a mutual respect thing. And I think I just got to a breaking point where I'm like, you're not respecting me, so now I don't respect you. Yeah. And this isn't good for anybody yeah. because I remember sitting, you know, in someone's office, like in a screaming fight. And I'm like, that's not who I am. Like yeah, yeah. Deanna Perrazzo, the professional doesn't do that. But now I'm like Jersey, Deanna, angry <laughs> at home. And you don't want to bring that to work, you of know? Course, of course. Um, so I think 
I was very vocal and it got me a bad reputation and then I couldn't undo that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, I think Kevin Owens, when he went to NXT and he didn't want to set up the ring. Like, you know, he was Kevin Steen, yeah. Ring of Honor World Champion. It seems like, it's not quite like that anymore, I think, but it seems like NXT should have levels of like, here's the green horns that that, that never wrestled and God bless them. Here's yeah. the ones that you can teach the younger guys and girls or the, whatever that we're going to have plans to bring up. But, Give them a little bit more leeway, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, again, and I don't know what the process is like now, but there was some people that could do that, and Mm. they did get put in that category. I just didn't. Mm. But then I saw, like, "Mm, well, that person's there, and I feel like I have the same experience as that person. I feel like I offer some of the same work rate as that person. Why am I not there? I have Mm. a problem with that. Mm. And there's not a clear path to get there. Mm. So tell me what that path is. Oh, you can't? Then then it's impossible. And yeah, it just, none of the process made sense to me. So it's like, how do you go into a job and not know what your expectations yeah, yeah, are? Yeah. And then I should, I should work accordingly. It doesn't make sense. Was it hard to get released? No. Okay. Cause yeah. you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, three weeks before I was kind of like, if this isn't working out for you, it's not, yeah, I promise yeah, yeah. you it's not working out for me. We should just part ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got that phone call, they were just like, I think you'll be happy. And I was like, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also just in such a weird, like personal space that it just was like, maybe all the work that I've done and, and isn't worth all this bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I just need to like take a step back and, and reevaluate my life and what I want to do with it. Cause it just ruined my love of wrestling. Sure. Yeah. And th- I, we've felt that before. I've been there before too. You know? Yeah. You mentioned that you've traveled the world. Kind of what are some of the, some of your favorite countries that you've been to? Japan. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Japan then. Yeah. I, um, I feel like as a kid, I like read all the re- like wrestlers wrote the books and I read them all and it was always how great Japan was and how much they learned in Japan and and so that was kind of my dream like okay I need to travel the world mm-hmm. and like learn my craft and, yeah, yeah. and Japan was there um, so when I got that first opportunity it was I was I think I was 22 um, and I had like never been away from home before and I didn't go away to college like I really treated it like I'm going away and I'm treating this like college and I'm going to learn but I'm going to have a lot of fun too. Mm. What company was that with? Stardom. Okay, so Stardom. So yeah. tell us kind of your, how long did you go over there for and kind of what was the... Yeah, so I went twice. The first time was um, a little longer than three months, like three and a half months. Wow. And then the second time was only like just about four weeks. Mm. But I was there. It was me, Tony Storm, Zoe Lucas. Um, at one point, uh, I think Piper Niven was there with us. Tegan Knox was there with us. Um, and it was just like, it was nice to have like a group of people that one could speak the same language as me and like teach me how to get around and do all that stuff. But then also people who became my best friends. Yeah. So three months is a long time in Japan. Yeah. How did you acclimate to the culture and everything? I like the food, loved the food. I'm not a big like train person. So that really threw me for a loop. Like just that packing of you're like squished like a sardine on the <laughs> right. train and just get like I said I had never been away from home I never had a roommate like so kind of learning how to like live in this little small apartment with like six other people oh, wow. was a really like eye-opening experience how many uh shows would you do in a week stardom had an easy schedule then so we would train like Monday through Friday and then wrestle sometimes Friday but Saturday or Sunday so m- maybe two shows at most a week what would you do the rest of the time? Honestly, we'd um, work out and drink a lot. <laughs> Watch bad wrestling on the internet. <laughs> so then that, Because that's the thing. Like the, the concept of it sounds amazing. But then when you get there, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of free time to fill here. You yeah. Know? 
I had that before too. I think between tours, I think it ended up being probably seven weeks, but a week of that was off. And mm-hmm. I remember just being off for a week in Tokyo and like, what am I going to do with myself yeah. for a week in Tokyo, you know? Yeah. Luckily, like the girls, um, like me and Zoe, who is one of my best friends still, like. Is she English uh, girl or? Yes. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. She, um, it was her first time there as well. So we were like, let's go to Disney. Let's, uh-huh. you know, like we really like did the sightseeing and, and got to experience not just where we were in Tokyo. Um, we traveled, and I think that was the best part of like, okay, I'm here for wrestling, but I also got a lot of life experience. But you, That's great. You have to do that because yeah. I was like, say, like people save up for years to get a chance to go to Japan. You know, yeah. we get paid to go there and live our dream, but you got to take advantage of that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're so blessed as wrestlers to get paid to travel the world. So, mm-hmm. like, I've, I've always made it a point to be like, ooh, I'm in, you know, Steve and I went to, we were in Vegas for Impact. Like, let's go two days early and go to Tombstone. Let's go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Like, let's do things See that, things, yeah. yes, we're being afforded the opportunity to do and we don't have to pay for it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, for exactly. Uh, so talk about the, 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 the Japanese wrestlers over there. Who is it that you like to work with? Um, I got to work with um, EO a whole bunch while I was there. I got to work with Tony Storm while I was there. Um, and, you know, it's just such a different style. And, like, I was very, like, ground-based then. So I, th- I had struggled to adapt to, like, they're quiet and they want to see, like, hard-hitting, intense moves. I, I Like, my finish now is one of them is a pile driver. I didn't do that then. So, like, you know, I was like, what is a big move? How do I change to adapt? And that sure. was kind of the struggle to, like, really learn, you know, what that fan base wants to see. The Japanese fans, they're watching, you know, and yeah. if you do a nice hold or something, they'll clap at appreciation. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and, and like, yeah, it was just really hard to kind of find that balance between like, okay, I'm a technical wrestler, so I do the holds, but also I need to increase the intensity mm-hmm. somehow. And I kind of struggled. Is that where you started using the Fujiwara armbar? Yeah. Gotcha. Of course, the famous Fujiwara, you, you can break someone's arm with it type of a thing. <laughs> did that get over pretty good there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I was more like, we did a lot of um, like multi-man tag team, multi-woman tag team stuff. Um, so I like, it wasn't always me getting the win, but yeah. Just start them have like a, like a, like a certain fan base. Like you would see the same, not the same people every show, but a lot of people that come to every show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of got to like really interact with them or like they had their favorites and they'd bring you treats or, you know, they did, um, stardom does like Polaroid pictures. So you'd see a lot of the same faces every show taking those like special Polaroids. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever get the little doll that they make for you or anything? No. Like that? Oh, really? <laughs> they used to make these little dolls because I had blonde hair and they always love making the, the dolls with the yarn, like yeah. yellow yarn as the blonde hair. I, you used to get them all the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When did you end up in Impact? Was that pretty much after you left NXT? You mentioned you kind of swing from Vine to Vine fairly yes. quickly. Yeah, so I had a like a 30-day non-compete, and um, just as that was ending, Impact ended up having tapings. So I just kind of slid <laughs> right in there, too. <laughs> well, first of all, what did you notice the difference between Ring of Honor and, and NXT as far as just from an organizational standpoint or from a production standpoint, from like the machine, it's not quite WWE, Mm. but it's pretty close to it. Yeah. I think coming from ring of honor that didn't really like have a machine. Yeah. 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 Um, kind of bare bones. And you know, you don't have to like say like, Hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to dye my hair. Is that okay? Like, 
Ring of Honor had so much freedom to just like be whoever you wanted to be. There was no limitations on the wrestling you wanted to do. Your producer would just like write down the points and that's the finish. Okay, great. Like mm-hmm. um, we didn't have commercial breaks and things like that. And then to kind of go into that NXT system where it's like at that point they had just got the um, USA deal for NXT. So we were like harping and training on commercial breaks and, you know, like out shots and all that kind of stuff. I really had to learn how to like be a TV wrestler then. Mm. So that was different. But then also, yeah, that process of like, hey, this is my new gear. What do you think about that? Can I have this entrance music? What do you think about that? I want to get some streaks in my hair. Is that okay? I want to get a tattoo. Is that okay? Just, it was so night and day, one from the other, because one has so much control. And then the other one, there was nothing. And they want to know every single thing that that you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also as a wrestler, that was hard because I'm like working with people who have never wrestled before. Mm. So you're kind of like not dumbing yourself down, but it's like, okay, now I have to explain to them like, okay, I'm going to do this in the heat. And at this point, and I wasn't used to that. I could just at Ring of Honor be like, here's the key points and we'll call stuff sure, in the ring. Sure, and sure. Now I'm like, okay, we got to work with someone who's at point A and I'm, you know, at point H. Let's meet somewhere <laughs> yeah, in the middle. True, you right? know? Yeah, and that is the thing. Like that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. They they should have you work with maybe the D's instead of the H's if you're an A. You know what I mean? Kind of like can we meet in the middle like you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. I think like I think I pride myself in being able to do that and I love to work with I like to watch people fall in love with wrestling. Like and when that light goes off and it's like, Oh, they get it. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And I got to do that a lot while I was in NXT and like work with Simone Johnson. And, you know, Mm. The Rock came in and I got to wrestle her in front of her dad for the first time. That was really cool. And, like, I did have some really great moments where I watched people fall in love with it. And I'm like, okay. Well, it's like you said, it's all part of your journey. And every experience helps you grow uh, in the business, you know. Even if it wasn't great, you still learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think I learned a lot about me as a a human, but then also the professional I want to be. And things you have to like live through your mistakes, right? Like the things that I know now I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't Mm. have reacted that way. I can do them better this time. Right. So, so you go work with impact and that's more of just groups of tapings, right? Like every month or something along those lines. Yeah. And it was actually COVID had just started at that point. So it was close studio tapings. Um, we would do like three or four days in a row and that would be like a month and a half. Mm. How weird was that? (sighs) I won the Knockouts World Championship in front of nobody. Oh my gosh, right? (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you put together a match and you can kind of like anticipate maybe they'll react this way and and that can kind of help you and guide you along. It's like, oh, we should do this. We should, there was none of that. But you could kind of hear it in your head and it was just a really weird experience. Yeah. It's being in Daly's Place, this is where our home base was for all of COVID. Yeah. And just remembering like going out there, like literally we're looking at an empty arena right now and there was literally nobody there and thinking like, I remember I worked with Orange Cassidy and he was like, did I sell that too long or too short? And I was like, I don't know. Like, there's no w- way to gauge it. Mm-hmm. There's no crowd to listen to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of also goes into like, okay, so we have times and mm-hmm. like, um, you know, you kind of figure in the crowd interaction. Yes. Time, so we had to do a ton more wrestling. Yeah. It's just like, car, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Same with the doing promos. Like, there's no reaction. I got nothing else to say. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a weird time to like come into a new company mm. when everyone's trying to figure out like, what is this new phase of wrestling? Right. How many years were you there with Impact? Three and a half. Okay. So yeah. you, we get out of the pandemic. There's crowds coming back in. And you mentioned Vegas. Impact has a lot of shows in, in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, how, how is it though working for like, you know, AW and WWE are at odds, you know, one and two. TNA's or Impact is like three. How, mm-hmm. how do people 
like do you ever get like are you still wrestling and that sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and it's always awkward yeah it's especially like just wherever and people are like oh what do you do and you're like oh i'm a wrestler and they're like oh wwe and you're like no oh aw no, no. and they think geez <laughs> yeah and i'm like and a lot of people you know tna impact just went back to tna mm. um branding but has impact you kind of had to be like oh do you remember tna right and people would be like oh yeah and i'm like okay well that's impact now and that's it's, where i work now you're just feeling down <laughs> in the hole yeah I, I went to best buy yesterday to buy something and a guy was like it's chris jericho wwe chris jericho wwe wwe man. i didn't even bother saying like you know we're in jacksonville yeah if you still think i'm in wwe i'm not going to get into it yeah you, know? you just don't know yeah exactly <laughs> what was it like uh, those vegas tapings it seems like there's a pretty good fan base for for impact in vegas yeah it was awesome um i feel like we did sam's town and i was mm. familiar with Samstown because Ring of Honor used to run there and it's like a great little venue where they could pack a couple couple hundred people in there and it's loud mm -hmm. and uh, we did Bound for Glory there we did a couple pay-per-views that um, I mean I think that like Vegas is just a show town, right? Sure. They want to see shows. They want to see you perform. So yeah. you do some really cool stuff. Who did you work with a lot there that you enjoyed? Uh, Mickey James. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, before we talk about you mentioned this, I, I was going to ask you before, what, to explain what uh, El, El Luchadora, La Luchadora was. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, gosh, I don't even know how she started, but Alexa Bliss um, was feuding with Becky Lynch. Mm. And somehow someone dressed up like La Luchadora. So it was a girl with a pink mask, like Lucha mask, and like I call it a blue Gumby suit and <laughs> little red shorts. And um, I don't know who did it the very first time. Was this in NXT or in this WWE? This was in WWE. Gotcha, gotcha. On SmackDown. Gotcha. And uh, I, I was actually in Puerto Rico on vacation. This must have been the end of 2016, I think. And uh, John Cohn had called me and was like, hey, we'd love for you to come in. We have a thing that might last a couple weeks. Could you do it for us? And I was in no position to turn town. I'm like, absolutely. Mm. Postponed my first trip to Japan so I could do oh, this. Oh, wow. Um, a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, I just like showed up to SmackDown and they're like, wear this suit, hide in this room. No one could know. We don't want anyone to know who this character is. <laughs> um, had to have my hair tied up. Like, And I think the first time was in Chicago. I like the Allstate. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's funny because Britt knew I was there and she's like, where are you? Where are you? And I just had to like, ignore her all day. <laughs> um, and so that was the first time and then I, yeah I got to come back like three or four weeks in a row and kind of travel with Smackdown and, and you would wrestle as the La Luchadora yeah I got to wrestle Becky um, I got to do a couple different things with Alexa like hiding under the ring and then popping out and yeah. seems so random like why La Luchadora and and Alexa Bliss. I, I wish I remembered. Yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea how that all came to be, but. <laughs> so, anyway, so you go to Impact and you're working with Mickey, who, yeah. who I'm sure you were a fan of and enjoyed being Absolutely. with. Absolutely. What, what kind of, like, were you guys having good matches in there? Yeah, we, um, she came back. Actually, I wrestled Thunder Rosa at one of the pay per views oh, wow. as okay. a surprise. And uh, Mickey came back because she had just been released from mm -hmm. WWE. And uh, so she was a surprise. And then we built to like a big match at Bound for Glory, which is like kind of like impacts WrestleMania. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, I mean, it was awesome to work with her. It was like just someone who's like been there and done everything mm. and like had one of the most iconic women's wrestling storylines ever. So to kind of like pick her brain and like what's important to you storytelling wise was really like um, a learning experience for me. And you're talking about her her um, angle with Trish where yeah. she was like Trish's stalker fan yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun because I was this like mean, evil like, queen that no one could take down yet. And mm -hmm. here came the hero to finish me off. <laughs> did, did you have a lot of input in your storylines there? Yes and no. Mm. Like I definitely was in a position to say like, mm, 
I don't know if that's right. Like when Mickey came in, there was physicality right away. And I kind of questioned like, do you think like where, if we're building, we have four months of something to tell. Like, do we really start it off hot like that? Right. Like, I definitely had felt like I had the opportunity to say what I felt, whether it happened my way or not all the time mm-hmm. is whatever. But then once like Mickey got all to say, so Mickey and I would talk and then Mickey would get what she wanted. So it was good. <laughs> and, Go ahead. We actually ended up, what ended the feud was, um, we did a Texas death match in Dallas. And uh, we, we kind of shot around different ideas of like, oh, we could do, you know, women have never done um, like a bull rope match. Women haven't done four corners. Like there's a whole bunch of different stuff that we had thought we could do. And um, yeah, it landed on a Texas death match. So that was awesome. So about your death match. <sighs> I'm not a deathmatch wrestler, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you're the virtuoso, you're not supposed to be a deathmatch wrestler. No, absolutely not. It was hard to study for because, you know, back in the day when they did Texas death matches, like, you could get a pin pin off it by elbow, you mm. know? And so just, like, the realism now versus what I watched to kind of prepare was so different. And then also, too, the rules to a Texas death match are just a bit odd for a live crowd where, like, so it's a three count and then you have to wait 10 seconds and if I get up, then it starts, you know, right, so right, it's, right. it's kind of hard, I think, for the live crowd to really get into it mm. because it's so much waiting in between mm-hmm. each big spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Did you have to take any crazy bumps or any? Um, We did a pile driver through a table. Ooh. I gave that to Mickey and then I'm trying to think what she gave to me. I took like a chair, big chair shot <laughs> and then I had never gigged before and I was like, this is the moment <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, so that was my big, my mm. big thing. So as we start to wind down here, you're you're in AW now, and kind of um, what are your plans? Who do you want to work with? Like, kind of what are you feeling? I mean, so I debuted and called Sto- uh, Tony Storm out right away. So mm-hmm. I think working with her, which she's a great friend of mine, so it's going to be we we have good chemistry outside of the ring. So I imagine it'll have you be worked great. With the other in stardom? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm really excited about that. We worked a little when we both were in NXT. So that's what I'm most excited for. Britt to come back. You know, she's not. And you're Back. pretty close with the with Brit Yeah, well. that's my best friend. So yeah. oh, wow. um, okay. I think there's a lot of fun stories that we can tell. And like we could be a tag team. We could be rivals. There's a lot to do there. And I think whenever she's ready to get back in the ring, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's interesting too. Like with Tony, for example, I mean, her Japanese style of wrestling, it's so different from the character she's playing now. Yeah. But I think having you here to work with will kind of put her you know, character out the ring and then going to this more hard-hitting style in the ring. Yeah, and it, it, I noticed that too, where like she's more theatrical right now and it plays well into the character, but I, when you get in the ring with me, you got to wrestle. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's kind of what your character is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Last question for you. What is your favorite match that you've ever had? It's your match, actually. What's that? Oh, of mine? Oh, but what's, oh what's my, my favorite. Yeah, I thought what, you meant what, my favorite wrestling match What match, match are you ever. talking about that, that I had? Oh, you wrestled um, Eddie Guerrero at Fall Brawl, 97. Oh, wow. 97. I watch it all the time. Really? I, yeah. Such a random one. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but let's talk about that for a second. So I think that might have been the first single match that Eddie, Eddie and I ever had. And he was oh, wow. super over heel and I was just kind of a nameless, faceless baby face. But I remember that match, and I remember the finish was a superplex, but does he land on top of me? And then does this frog splash, I think, or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. So what is it about that that you liked so much? Um, I think I just always really loved that cruiserweight style. Because you could do the high, like all of you could do the high flying, but you could also do the technical wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I just loved that combination of all of it. Yeah. But I don't know, that match just as like as I was training coming up, I just thought it like really embraced everything cool. my trainer was teaching us. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I could take a ton of spots from that and do that myself. And I did for years. But you did the same <laughs> as what we did too. We went around the world to train 
you know, learning different styles and life lessons, like you said. So by the time Eddie and I end up, because Eddie and I had been in different companies in Mexico, but knew each other from there. Mm -hmm. By the time we got to WCW, you know, three years later, we had been so seasoned that you could wrestle at a different level if we were in there together. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite match. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Of, I have to watch I, it back. Then what about you? Of mine, I wrestled Jordan Grace. Um, mm. At Slammiversary 2020, and that's uh, when I won the Knockouts World Championship for the first time. And uh, that's my favorite match of my own of all time. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, then more famous matches, favorite matches coming up here in AEW. I I'm hope sure. so, yeah. yeah. Well, welcome. It's great to have you. And Thank once you again, so thanks much. for doing the cruise on, on your first day in. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm down to do the work. That's it. <laughs>